Turn with me, if you will, to the book of Acts, chapter 1. The book of Acts, chapter 1. Have you ever failed in your Christian life? I have. Uh, have you ever um, blown it with your family? I have. <laughs> uh, listen, all of us, no matter who we are, uh, we're human beings who have a sin nature, and we fail. But praise God, we're not in this battle together or alone. We're in this battle with the Holy Spirit. And he can come alongside us and empower us to live the life that God has called us to live. And uh, the scripture we're looking at today is, is actually the sequel to Jesus' death and resurrection in the Gospel of Luke. And now God is going to begin his ministry through his people. And Jesus is, in the opening of this, is actually giving his disciples some instruction uh, for how the ministry will be carried on. And he's encouraging them to wait for the coming of the Spirit. And so... Um, you and I can have the same blessing that they had in that day uh, as we rely upon the work of the Spirit in our life, as we keep our sins confessed to God so that the Spirit's not quenched, as we receive Him uh, through prayer, uh, as, as His control in our life. If you know Christ, you have the Spirit living within, but you can receive uh, the authority and the rule of the Holy Spirit in your life. And so uh, then we trust him. We follow him in faith. And as we do that, the Holy Spirit's power is released in our lives. So the title of my message is Helped by the Spirit. So look with me at verse 1 of Acts 1. It says, I wrote this first narrative, Theophilus, about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up. After he had given instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After he had suffered, he also presented himself alive by many convincing proofs, appearing to them over a period of 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. While he was with them, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for the Father's promise, which he said, You have heard me speak about, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit in a few days. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, are you restoring the kingdom to Israel at this time? He said to them, it is not for you to know times or periods the Father has set by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. After he had said this, he was taken up as they were watching, and a cloud took him out of their sight. While he was going, they were gazing into the heaven, and suddenly two men in white clothes stood by them, and they said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up into heaven? This same Jesus, who has been taken from you into heaven, will come in the same way you have seen him going into heaven. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the Mount of Olives, which is near Jerusalem, about Sabbath day's journey away. When they had arrived, they went to the room upstairs where they were staying. Peter, John, James, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus, 
uh, Simon the Zealot, and Judas the son of James. They were all continually united in prayer, along with the women, including Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. In those days, Peter stood up among the brothers and sisters, the number of people who were together was about 120, and said, Brothers and sisters, it was necessary that the Scripture be fulfilled, that the Holy Spirit spoke through the mouth of David, uh, foretold about Judas, who became a guide to those who arrested Jesus. So helped by the Spirit. How are we helped by the Spirit? Well, first of all, the Spirit guides us. The Spirit guides us. If you look in verse 2, it says, after, speaking of Jesus, it says, after he had given instructions through the Holy Spirit. Jesus relied upon the Holy Spirit. He walked the walk of faith, the perfect walk of faith that you and I are called to live. Um, And Jesus was instructed in how to instruct his disciples. Uh, so this was, a, this was a very significant thing. Uh, and so uh, the Spirit guides us. And this, it says he was commanded through, the whole, he commanded through the Holy Spirit. He instructed through the Holy Spirit. Several tra- different translations can be used there. Uh, but the idea is that what Jesus told the disciples to do came straight from the Holy Spirit. Did you know that God can speak to you and give you instruction through his word? Uh, he, can, he can speak into your life and encourage you. He can convict you. He can direct you. Uh, he can lift you up when you're broken. Uh, it's amazing what God can do as we read the word of God and he speaks to our heart. Sometimes I think this Holy Spirit will just touch our hearts. Uh, maybe we're listening to a song or maybe we're in prayer and he'll just touch our heart and he'll lift us up, and he'll, maybe he'll provide some guidance. I remember I had an idea come to me one time. I was uh, spending time worshiping God, and right there in the middle, I was singing to God. Right there in the middle of it all, I just this idea came to me. I believe it was from the Holy Spirit and uh, in, in how to lead the church at that time. And uh, it's just like God gave it to me. And, uh, and so I believe the Holy Spirit can speak into our lives. He can guide us. If we're open to follow his leadership. Now, uh, we also use discernment with that, right? Uh, the Holy Spirit will not lead you to do something that goes against the word of God. Uh, sometimes I've heard people say, well, it, I, I felt like God was leading me to divorce my spouse and to marry somebody else. I can tell you on the authority of God's word that did not come from the Holy Spirit. All right? Sometimes we have what we desire. And uh, we, we give credit to the Holy Spirit for that. Uh, so it won't go against God's word. And it will be consistent with righteousness and, and goodness and, and uh, what God desires for our lives. And so uh, sometimes, especially if it's a significant decision, I'll take a few days to pray over something uh, that I feel the Holy Spirit is leading me to do. But the Holy Spirit can guide us. And uh, you remember Paul, he receives the great Macedonian call. He's he has a dream, and this man from Macedonia is calling to him, come help us, come help us. And, uh, and, and the Bible says that God sent Paul to Macedonia. He had some of his most fruitful work there. So God can guide us, and I'm, I'm so grateful. Isn't it a wonderful to know 
that in the world that we live in, all of the things that are going uh, wrong in the world today, that we have somebody who can guide us in the midst of all the chaos. Uh, we have somebody who can provide a way for us uh, in the midst of confusion. And, uh, and Jesus is his name, and, and he has given us the Holy Spirit to guide us. And so uh, we're helped by the Spirit. How does he help us? The Spirit guides us. Secondly, the Spirit changes us. The Spirit changes us. If you look in verse 5, For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit in a few days. Um, the disciples of Jesus often misunderstood him. They were often confused. They were often fearful. Uh, Jesus sometimes said, how long am I going to be with you? Uh, when are you going to get this? Uh, uh, they oftentimes did not trust God. Um, Peter's failure in denying the Lord Jesus Christ and the other disciples as they fled uh, from Jesus in the garden. And you just see this um, kind of unstable, fearful group that's just not quite getting it. But God does something really amazing in their lives. When the Spirit of God comes at Pentecost, these fearful, uncertain disciples become bold. They're clothed with Jesus' power. All of a sudden, these men who were afraid, who were fleeing in the garden, now are standing boldly before the Sanhedrin saying, you, you say... Uh, that we're to do this, but you judge for yourself whether it's right for us to obey you or to obey God, but we cannot help but do and preach these things which we have become convinced of. They became bold and powerful through the work of the Spirit in that. There was a complete transformation. Uh, the level of righteousness and consistency was greater in their lives. Why? Because the Holy Spirit was doing his work of change in them. I think it's interesting that God uses the word baptism to describe what happens in the Holy Spirit. And uh, I believe that baptism with the Holy Spirit comes when you're saved. That's one reason we use uh, the rite of baptism uh, to give testimony to what Christ has done in our lives when we come to faith in Jesus Christ. Because God does that work initially. And then after that, there can be fillings of the Holy Spirit, even new experiences of the Holy Spirit. But, but that baptism is that definitive time where God sends His Spirit to come and live within your human heart. But why does God use the word baptism to describe it? I think it's because it shows this aspect of change. Because when you are baptized, you are dipped, you are immersed below the water. That's what the word means. The word baptized means immerse, dip, put under, okay? Uh, I've joked with people sometimes and uh, uh, said, you know, I'm going to make sure you get a good dose. I'm going to hold you in there, under there for a few seconds, you know, make sure it takes. And, uh, you know, I said, I'm just kidding. Uh, but, uh, but, yeah, it's a picture of the fact that we are dying to that old way of life, and we're being raised to walk in newness of life with Jesus. The, the scripture tells us in Romans that you have died with Christ. Now you are to 
live in Christ. And we choose to do that by faith. Um, it's a picture of a change, of a cleansing that goes. Uh, when you are put under the water, water in Scripture was used to cleanse. Listen, praise God, I was guilty. I was I had sin of the sin stains of my life on me, but I came to Jesus Christ and he washed me clean. Every stain, every shameful thing that I had done was put under the blood of Jesus. He washed me clean. And did you know the Spirit does a work of washing for God's people? Uh, the Scripture says, you, not uh, uh, by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to His mercy, He saved us by the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Spirit. So He washes us when we are born again, when we're, we're regenerated, and He renews us day by day. He continues that work of changing us and cleansing us. I, I thank God his mercies are new every morning. Isn't it an amazing thing that we serve a God who has, well, I love what Paul says, he says, we're sin abound, there to grace much more abound. And so this cleansing work is part of the change. And I think through the cleansing work of Christ and through the grace that we have in Jesus Christ, not only can we be cleansed and we can be changed initially, but God continues his work of change each day that we live. Paul said, I die daily. There's a choice that we make by faith, but also there is a work the Spirit is doing in us to change us and make us into the likeness of Jesus Christ. This is a work of the Spirit. And so baptism is a visual picture of those things, and it shows what happens in the human heart when the Spirit of God comes to indwell someone who has repented and put their trust in Jesus Christ. So we're helped by the Spirit. How are we helped? The Spirit guides us. The Spirit changes us. The Spirit empowers us. Verse 8 but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You will receive power. You see, Jesus said you're to wait. He didn't say, you know what, Peter, James, and John, you're the three best of the, of the group. You guys don't have to wait for the Spirit to come at Pentecost. No, 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 no. That's not what he said, right? He says, all of you, wait for the coming of the Spirit. Well, you see, we've been to the best school possible. We have been taught by Jesus Christ himself. We got this. We don't need to wait. We can go. No, you wait. For the coming of the Spirit. Why? Because it doesn't matter how much education you've got. It doesn't matter what your experiences have been in the past. We need Jesus Christ to do the work of the ministry. We can't do it in our own strength. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, apart from me you can do nothing. 
Um, and he said, I'm going to send the comforter to you. Why? Because we cannot do it in our strength. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. You'll receive power. And the primary goal of the Holy Spirit in coming was to reach people for Jesus Christ. You'll receive power to be witnesses. Now, in Jerusalem, that's where they lived. Uh, that's where they uh, had the, the basic uh, beginning of the church, in the, the church, Jerusalem church. Uh, Judea, they're pretty familiar with that area, but then you get Samaria. Well, here's a difficult place. Here's a place where there's prejudice. Here's a place where there's animosity, but you'll have, you'll have power to deal with that. Uh, what about to the uttermost parts of the earth? Uh, it's amazing to me how God has taken people and he'll transplant them to somewhere else to do a work of ministry, often in a very different place. I, I'll never forget, we had a, a group come to our, our college when I was in Bible college uh, to give testimony, and these people were, were uh, transvestites, uh, people like that, who had who'd been saved by the blood of Jesus, who'd been changed. They had before and after pictures, how God had changed their lives. You know who God sent to this incredibly sinful part of New York City to minister? A rural Texan. <laughs> Are there two more opposite places that you could imagine than rural Texas and the sinful parts of New York City? Uh, and, but yet, that's what God had called him to do. And God supernaturally enabled him to do the work he called him to do. Uh, when God calls you and, and you, you step out in obedience to what he's doing in your life, he assures the success. Success is his business, right? Uh, and so we, we step out in faith, and the Spirit of God empowers us in doing this. Now, we pray. We ask for God's power. Uh, we, we ask for the filling of the Spirit. We keep those sins confessed, as we mentioned before, uh, so that the, the Spirit is not quenched. Uh, but the Spirit is the key. Uh, why did they have such great success? Well, you, you see, they had a lot of church experts. No, they didn't. They, they didn't even have a church. There were no church experts or church growth experts to give them counsel on what to do. Why? Because the church hadn't even come into existence. And yet they had all these people saved. God did such an incredible work. How'd they do that without the church experts? They had the Holy Spirit, right? Isn't it amazing sometimes, you know, we, everybody, everybody, somebody said an expert is somebody who doesn't live in your town. Uh, you know, but we'll put our trust in human beings, but we won't put our trust in the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, he says, you'll receive power when the Spirit comes on you, and it will be sufficient for the work that I've called you to do. Uh, one uh, of the pastors that, that I, I had when I was growing up uh, became a missionary later on, and he was actually in this church. Some of you are, have been around here long enough to know uh, about that. And he came to this church, and y'all may remember the story cloth that we put up here. Um, regardless, 
Um, he went to a part of Africa where missionaries were not having success. There was, um, they, they just weren't gelling with the local people, and, and they, weren't, they weren't getting an ear. And, and so he, he comes along, and God gives him the idea, since most of the people couldn't read, of doing this story cloth. And uh, he begins to develop relationships with these people, and all of a sudden the gospel just begins to spread like wildfire. Uh, went throughout, um, I believe it was Uganda, and uh, uh, then they've, they've since have, have spread into two other African nations. Uh, but, but God, he's now in, in glory. My, my pastor's now in glory. He's, he's going to be with the Lord. But the work is continuing, and, and it, was, it was so incredible. God gave him the insight and the understanding of how to reach this people group for Jesus Christ. And it just happened. Um, so God is able to provide. You know, we, we give to Carlos, right? Uh, Carlos, he's saved in this church, discipled in this church, and uh, uh, the government paid the nickel for him to return to El Salvador, okay? Uh, and uh, God worked in our hearts uh, to begin to take up to help support him in doing a ministry down there. And he's doing a ministry, and there, there are people being saved, and God's doing work. Listen, it's amazing how God puts the pieces together if we'll be obedient. We need to look to the Holy Spirit for the power that we need. You know what I've learned? If you'll pray over what you're doing for Jesus Christ, it'll make all the difference. It doesn't matter what it is. If you're telling people about Jesus, if you are uh, preaching like I did, or if you're teaching, uh, if you're serving, you can pray, Lord, as I serve, help me not just to go through the motions of service, but God, help me to do this as an act of worship for you. Help people to see Jesus in me as I serve. Did you know a lot of the things we do, and even people are gifted to do in the church, are things that people do outside the church. What makes the difference? It's the Holy Spirit. I remember, this has been years ago, I remember uh, this missionary who had, had gone to this foreign country, and they were forbidden by the country to speak of Jesus, uh, to bring it up, unless they were questioned, Okay. Uh, and so um, she asked, Lord, would, as she was a nurse, she asked, Lord, would you help people to see Jesus in my hands and how I'm serving them and how I'm showing love to them? And um, she, sometime later, one of her patients asked her, said, you're different. What is it about you that's different? You treat us differently. And she was able to tell her about her relationship with Jesus Christ. And, and this young girl uh, came uh, to the Lord Jesus Christ, to faith in Jesus Christ. You see, the Spirit of God is the one who makes a difference. I can't change anybody, and neither can you. But the Holy Spirit can. Um, think about Saul of Tarsus. What an incredible work of God's power he was. He was persecuting the church. He was pursuing them with zeal from place to place. 
And yet he meets Jesus on the Damascus Road, and there's an utter turnaround in his life, a complete change. And uh, God sends Ananias to pray for him. Uh, his eyesight is restored. And he begins to minister for Jesus Christ, possibly as no missionary of that day had ever ministered for Christ. And uh, God used him in such a powerful way. Nothing can explain that kind of transformation but the power of God. So, helped by the Spirit, how are we helped? The Spirit guides us, the Spirit changes us, the Spirit empowers us, the Spirit prepares us. If you look in verse 16, brothers and sisters, it was necessary that the Scripture be fulfilled that the Holy Spirit, through the mouth of David, foretold about Judas, who became a guide to those who arrested Jesus. Now, he's going to quote some psalms um, and uh, shows in the quoting of these psalms that God has always been preparing for this time of Jesus' betrayal. Now, David, when he was struggling with the different issues he was struggling with, he would pray to God. He would, he'd pray about his enemies, and he'd, he'd say, Lord, you know, uh, let, their, let their table become a, a snare and a trap, Lord. They're opposing your work, and, and, and he would pray against them. And in the work of these opponents of David, God gave a little snapshot of the kind of opposition the Lord Jesus Christ would receive. So that these psalms that spoke of a historical situation would be used to anticipate as a picture or as a type of what would happen when the Messiah would come. There would be this opposition. Uh, David says in one place, uh, it wasn't uh, an enemy that did this, it was my, my friend, the, the one who went with me to worship together, to worship God. And, and now he's, he's lifted up his heel against me. This is exactly what Judas did. The opposition of the enemy. So, um, the Holy Spirit prepares the apostles for this time. And it gives them instruction on what to do. Let another take his place of leadership. Um, and did you know that nothing in your life that ever comes about surprises God? Somebody once said, has it ever occurred to you that nothing has ever occurred to God? Nothing surprises Him. He knows about it in advance. And because He knows about it in advance, He can prepare us uh, through the circumstances of life. He can prepare us through His Word. Giving, helping us learn spiritual truths to help us face those things that are coming. Uh, he can provide warnings of what is to come. Um, those who live godly in Christ will be persecuted. That was a warning that was given. Um, the book of Daniel contains many warnings of, of times that were going to be difficult. Uh, the book of Revelation contains warnings about times that will be difficult. Uh, and so God prepares his people in advance. Perhaps he sends people into your life who will be there for you at exactly the time you need them. I, I remember going through a very difficult season and having a close pastor friend who prayed with me. 
I believe with all my heart. He may have been there for other reasons. I, I believe he probably was. You know, he was a pastor. He was pastoring church and so forth. But he was there for me. I know it. Because God used him in such a profound way in my life. And God, through his prayers and his friendship, sustained me through such a difficult time and brought me to the other side. And I'm convinced with all my heart that the people who were one to Christ during that season the, and, and the work of God that was done during that season is as much credited to his prayers as it was to my ministry because I don't think I could have continued without it. God has a way of putting just the right people in your life at just the right time to help prepare you for what lies ahead. It's a wonderful thing to know that nothing that we could ever face will take God by surprise and that he prepares us for those things. And uh, there's a, a scripture in, I believe it's 2 Peter, where it says God gives all that we need for life and godliness. Let me say that again. God gives all that we need for life and godliness. Isn't that a great promise? Listen, you and I at times might feel overwhelmed in our lives, but God will supply what we need in those seasons of life. And we can trust him to do that. He prepares us for these things in advance. And, and, and so the Holy Spirit, one of the roles that he has is to warn us. Have you ever been talking to somebody and you open your mouth to say something and you just sense, don't say that. <laughs> I've been there. And, uh, or perhaps God brings to mind some specific things to say. But, uh, but with the warning, the warning is to protect you. Or perhaps there have been times I have been planning to do something where there's a series of circumstances that happen, and, and then in prayer I realize I need to wait. This is not the right time to do this. And the, the Spirit of God guides me in doing that. Uh, by the way, did you know God can do that with your family? You're raising kids. Listen, a lot of the time, I, I didn't have a clue. I, I, didn't, I didn't know what to do when I was raising my kids. Okay, now, I did know some things from God's Word, and, and, and praise God, He's given us those things. But there are sometimes specific situations that came up, and I just really didn't know how to deal with it. But one thing I could do, I could go to God in prayer. And I could say, Lord, would you please give me wisdom with this? Would you uh, show me how to respond in this situation, how to be a good dad? Or perhaps in your marriage relationship, how to be a good spouse? What to say, what not to say. Um, you know, God knows what's going on in the hearts of other people. He knows what's, what's needed. Uh, but sometimes, in, in some cases, God warned me, this is not what you need to do. This is what I was planning on doing, and my course of action, uh-uh, don't do that. And so, you can rely on the Holy Spirit to help you, if you listen to Him, to help you in relationships with people uh, and, and in life in general. Uh, sometimes, I think... I remember one time uh, my dad was coming out of the, the church service. I think I was about nine years old at the time. 
And he said, I remember him telling my mom, honey, I don't know why. I feel like I'm supposed to go over and check the Family Life Center. And so he went over to check the building. And somebody was trying to break in. <laughs> God gave him a warning. So listen, I, I'm not sure I can explain all of that to you. All I know is that we serve a God who is big enough to know what's going to happen and to warn us about it. Uh, so he helps us. The Holy Spirit helps us. How does he help us? He guides us. He changes us. He empowers us and he prepares us so that we're able to do the work of ministry and to share the gospel. Uh, you know, a lot of times I, I hear people say, you know, I, I could never be an effective witness. I've not been to seminary. I'm not educated. I, I don't talk well. Well, it sounds like Moses, doesn't it? <laughs> I remember we had this guy in uh, the church I served at, as music and youth pastor there. And um, he was as ordinary as he could be. I'm not saying that in a, in a bad way, but if you, 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 wouldn't have been, you wouldn't have been impressed if you'd have met him. I don't know what it was about him. He just had the power of the Spirit of God on him. He could, he could w w win people to Christ. It, it was uncanny, the ability he had. I remember he, he, several different people he'd bring to, bring to church that he'd won to Christ. And uh, this one, one night he came in and uh, uh, he said, here's so-and-so. Here's he introduced her. She, she was a Jehovah's Witness before today. She gave her heart to Christ. And I went up to him and talked to him because, you know, I, I'm interested in apologetics. And so I, well, what'd you say to her? You know, I was, I was curious. <laughs> uh, well, nothing. I didn't make an argument. I just told her about Jesus Christ, and she gave her heart to Christ. You see, he just had the power of God upon his life. It wasn't so much that he had all the answers. Listen, my, if you wait till you have the, the answers, you'll never share Christ. You step out in faith and you obey God and you trust Him with the results and let God use you. Who knows? You may have a gift of evangelism you never knew you had and the power of God may be upon you. And uh, how exciting is that to think about? The Spirit of God helps us. It doesn't matter if it's in, in ministry. It doesn't matter if it's in your family life. It can be in your workplace. The Holy Spirit of God goes with you wherever you go. We had a little little widow lady in my previous church, and uh, she told me one day that there were a couple of men. She, she lived in a, in a trailer, uh, and there, she'd put a, a reinforced door on her trailer because of security concern, but these men were pounding on her door, and she was afraid. That door wasn't super sturdy, and she was afraid it was going to give way. And she thought they were going to try to break in. And so she began to pray. She said, Lord, you know I can't fight these people off. Will you send them away? And she said, they left. <laughs> I don't know why they left, but they left. You see, you and I have an unseen ally called the Holy Spirit who goes with us wherever we go that we can rely upon. He is a friend. He is a counselor. He is a comforter. He has the wisdom of God. 
and the power of God that he can exercise in our life. And what a difference he makes. Don't try to live the Christian life in your own strength. Don't try to love people in your own strength. Uh, when you are struggling in your Christian walk, call upon the name of the Lord and say, say Holy Spirit, fill me, quicken me, help me love this person, help me, help me respond rightly in this situation, and let the Holy Spirit of God be with you in these circumstances so that you do things in His strength and not your own. Uh, Paul said in Galatians 2.20, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Not I, but Christ. You say, well, I thought Christ is at the right hand of the Father. Yes, he is. I believe he's also in the human heart. His by the way, do you know he is omnipresent? He is. Uh, he, he, in his glory, he's at the right hand of the Father, but he is also omnipresent and he is with us, but he also sends his Holy Spirit. Not I, but Christ. Well, Paul, aren't you the great apostle? He says, there's no greatness in me, but what comes through the Holy Spirit. Not I, but Christ. You see, that's the key to all the Christian life. It's the key to ministry. It's the key to everything. The Spirit of God produces His fruit in us. The Spirit of God empowers us. He makes all the difference. So rely on Him. Call upon Him. Ask God to teach you how to walk with Him. Uh, but don't ignore Him. Because if you do, you'll miss some of the greatest help you could ever have in life. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the amazing gift of your Holy Spirit. Father, we pray that you would help us to live by faith and trust uh, in the Spirit's work in our hearts and lives. Um, Father, we, we pray that uh, any sin would be confessed, Lord, that, that you grant us the faith to trust you in the way we should so that we can walk in the Spirit of God. Father, give us discernment to recognize what's counterfeit. But Lord, help us not to shy away from what's real and what's true that you've given us in the person of your Holy Spirit. And Father, for those who are here today that don't know Jesus Christ, I pray that today would be the day they would choose to repent of their sins and put their trust in Jesus Christ. Um, because we know we don't receive the Spirit until we know Jesus.